0: Okay, I'm on the train back from uh, uh, Holland uh, where I've been doing some talks and blog training. So apologies for the quality of the sound, but I'll do the best I can to round up this week on From Poverty to Power. On Monday was the International Day uh, for Rural Women, the UN International Day, I'm sure you knew. Um, Patti Patesh, Shelley Freeman and Lone Badstu came up with a really interesting uh, blog on a paper they've done using positive deviance, my latest favorite thing, to explore um, conditions for what leads to success for women in rural villages. They looked at a database of 79 villages in 17 countries and asked which ones were doing well and they identified eight which they called transforming and they then went and said okay let's look at those and see how are they different from the uh, the other villages. What they found was a number of uh, particular uh, factors which seemed to be connected with success. The first is that um, the eight transforming villages had very equitable gender norms. Men and women had a much stronger sense of gender equity than in other villages. They found better markets and income, so that uh, women were able to get jobs, get income, and the whole place was moving forward. There was more investment in infrastructure, and interestingly, often there was a quite a lot of male out migration so the men left to work elsewhere and women were able to move into uh, new jobs, new roles and shake things up a bit. So that was interesting as a, a application of positive deviance in a, in a way i hadn't seen before. On Tuesday Ayesha Khan from the collective for social studies, uh, social science research in Karachi presented some of her research for the uh, Action for Empowerment and Accountability project Looking at does aid actually has aid actually helped the women's movement in Pakistan, and uh, to my enormous relief, her answer is a very strong yes. She's looked at the role of aid in particular in women's political leadership and shown how aid has been has played a crucial role in what really is a very well developed uh, women's uh, leadership um, cader in Pakistan which has led to serious policy change, what she calls doctrinal change, change which actually challenges some of the deep structures of society and the norms, the social norms. On Wednesday, Thea Hillhorst um, from the Institute for Social Studies in The Hague decided to um, lob a bomb. And in light of last week's um, IPCC report, the report on the, of the International Panel on Climate Change, she wrote a post saying that aid workers and aid development academics need to start getting serious about reducing their carbon footprint. In particular, they need to stop flying everywhere. And this provoked a great big conversation, quite a lot of uh, support, I have to say, on the blog, um, lots of traffic, so I stuck up a poll uh, that evening, um, saying you know, which of these statements on what we should do as an aid sector uh, resonate with you. The one that came that's currently coming top after about 170 votes is that all aid organisations should send, set targets for reducing their um, flights and then report openly about it so that people can hold them to account, which sounds eminently sensible to me. Thursday and Friday, I finally got round to writing up my visit to Mexico last week. Um, Thursday was a post on what is a fascinating moment in Mexican politics, the transition to a potentially progressive government, although there are some doubts, and the role of civil society organizations that have traditionally been in opposition to uh, working with or against, or what is their role with this new government. Um, and I also used it to do my first proper podcast. We've opened a sound um Uh, a podcast website and I'm going to start doing more podcasts. So this one was an interview with the head of Oxfam Mexico, an old friend Ricardo Fuentes, who uh, gave a really good briefing on what's going on in Mexico. And then on Friday uh, I looked at... uh, I went down to Oaxaca, uh, amazing indigenous, largely indigenous state in southern Mexico while I was on while I was there and talked to a lot of human rights lawyers and a lot of indigenous communities and also had a weekend off and went to the rodeo and visited a mezcal plant and various other things. The post is about the serious side of it, which is uh, the increasing importance of the law uh, and in particular international human rights law, which has become enshrined in Mexico as on an equal par with the Constitution. And that's given huge possibilities for legal activism. And then a little bit about the struggle between indigenous communities and foreign mining companies, which has got very messy indeed. And um, we went to a couple of communities that were in dispute with foreign mines and uh, just some impressions on that. So that's the end of my week. Uh, I'm back to London tonight for a well-earned rest. Talk to you next week.